Hello and welcome to The Shore, a meeting place for people in film. I'm Dominie Anderson. Each episode I meet with women across the film and television sector to discuss their careers, the best and worst advice they have ever received, and what they want for the next generation of women in film. Today I'm joined by Rabab Ali. Rabab is an art director with over 10 years of experience within the art department. Rabab's many credits include Working Mums, Jane, How to Buy a Baby, Umbrella Academy, and The End of Sex. Well, let's dive right in. Why film and TV for you? When did you decide that this industry was for you? Um, I don't know if I ever had a particular moment where I thought, okay, I think this is what I want to do. I think I had that moment when I had already started working. <laughs> and I realized that I could probably do this for a really long period of time. So I went to TMU and I took interior design. Mm -hmm. And I did take a set design course and it was just one semester and it barely, barely scratched the surface, but it was interesting enough for me to want to pursue something else. And I kind of thought about it for a little while and then I completely forgot about it after I graduated. And then I had a full year after graduating of like pure depression where I had <laughs> no idea what I wanted to do. I kept applying to different interior design firms and um, it's almost like I kept going into interviews and they could tell that I didn't want to be there. <laughs> so that's why I kept not getting jobs because they could tell that I really didn't want to work in the basement of someone's house designing dental offices. Mm -hmm. So I ended up getting in touch with someone who I did go to TMU with and they had started working in film. So she had told me to just apply for the Guild Apprentice program and I did, and I got in like a week later. It was a much easier process than it is now. We didn't take any courses. I literally had no idea what was going on when I got my first job. I think from the period of time that I first applied to the program and then when I got my first job was about three weeks mm -hmm. and I had no idea what a call sheet was and I remember crying every night <laughs> when I came home from work I remember crying for like two weeks straight uh, because I had no idea what was going on but yeah I don't I don't think that I had a moment where I knew exactly what I wanted to do I think it happened while I was working and the more I interacted with people the more I realized that okay this is kind of a great environment to learn, to be creative, to meet people who have come from all different walks of life, who have different skill sets, and we're all working together to make this like crazy thing happen. And I thought that was pretty exhilarating. Mm -hmm. That's I think that's the word that I would use. It was exhilarating. Yeah, yeah. I love the group part of it. I follow this woman on Twitter who does a lot of micro budget filmmaking and which is I find really fascinating. But I'm like, only four people? <laughs> like, I don't know. I'm just like, I understand maybe that makes me crazy. But it's like, I love to be amongst like 200 people. Mm -hmm. Like, all doing different things. And all specializing in different things. Like, I find that just fucking fascinating. Yeah. Like, and the energy that that gives off. Just little hives of people all over the place working, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, the bigger the better. I don't know. It's just something about that. Like, it really works for me which I love it it's not for everybody at all but yeah. yeah but I think a lot of people who work in this industry do feel that way I remember working with a producer who called who called it a talent boner she said <laughs> I love watching other people I love watching other people do what they're good at and 
you know, take care of their own departments because it's so fulfilling to be around people who want to be there doing something. So, yeah, yeah she called it a talent boner. Oh, that's, <laughs> I think that's probably very accurate. Yeah, yeah, it's just like all of that. Oh my God, I say yeah, 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 too much. <laughs> I'm noticing all of my idiosyncrasies <sighs> while I record and then re-record myself. And it's like, yeah, I say yeah, yeah a lot, which always makes me think of, that movie, The Sandlot. Mm -hmm. like, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, fuck, that should be my fucking nickname now. Um, <laughs> it's your trademark no. now. <laughs> Just embrace it. Do you think that gender discrimination is still a prevalent issue in the industry? Yes. I would say without a doubt. I think we've come a really long way, even in a short period of time, but for sure. I would say, yes, it exists. And I think that also being a woman in this industry can be quite polarizing because it depends where you are in the industry, what your position is, and that experience can vary. So if you're a woman who is in front of the camera, you are valued for your youth and your beauty and, you know, you better dye your grays you better get your Botox because otherwise you're not going to get hired. You're always having to look younger. Um, and then on the other side of that is if you're behind the camera, it's almost the complete opposite. It's like you they want you to have the experience. You have to prove your value. Have you worked on enough things? Have you, you know, have you had success? You, you're almost not valued if you're younger because mm -hmm. it means that you still have a lot to prove. And I think that a man that works their way through this industry has a more organic career path because they're able to make mistakes, they're able to grow older, and it's just a smoother path, whereas a woman's constantly having to do this or do that or be this way or don't do that or say this or don't say that. You're not going to get that job if you're that way. You are going to get your, that job if you're this way. So it can be really confusing, and I think that equality is just not quite there yet. <laughs> it's not quite there. Yeah. What's the best advice you've ever received? Never date a grip. That's, <laughs> that was one. Well, that was, that was one piece of advice. Just like, did I give you that advice? No. <laughs> no. Um, no, I didn't necessarily, I, I, I never, I've never dated a grip. I didn't do that intentionally. It just kind of never happened. So <laughs> sad for me. Um, but I think the best piece of advice was to, especially when you're starting off, to work with as many different people as possible because it's good to build a network uh, when you're just beginning. Even if you find a group of people that you're really comfortable with, it's good to, you know, reach out and get different experiences. And then eventually one day you're never going to have to apply to a job again. <laughs> <laughs> Someone's always going to have you have you on their mind. Um, so I think that's that was a really great piece of advice that I got. Also, that way you're just you're learning different skills. Every production, every person that you work with is going to have. Uh, is going to have a different piece of advice for you based mm -hmm. on their experiences. So I think it's good to meet as many people as possible, especially when you're starting off. Also, a very prominent female production designer in the city once told me that if you want to be successful as a woman in this industry, it's good to be a Jane of all trades. 
do as many things as possible. Pick up as many hobbies as you can, even if you're not good at them. You know, talk to people in different departments because it's going to make you more well-rounded. And who doesn't want to be well-rounded? It mm-hmm. makes for better conversation, too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it's part of that uh, working with other people, too. It's like you just then learn how to work with other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which you're going to do constantly, like consistently. Yeah. And you're going to – and because you've talked to all these people, you're also going to understand their needs. Mm-hmm. And for me as an art director, I need to know what other people need to do their job so that we can – provide that for them and then they can they also know what we're doing as well so it just it just works it just works better that way when everyone's talking to each other (laughs) what a revolutionary idea (laughs) communicating Mm -hmm. look at us go yeah jane of all trades a jane of all trades yeah yeah um what's the worst piece of advice that you've ever received oh the worst piece of advice don't date a grip (laughs) The worst piece of advice, I don't, I think I have to think about that one. You also might not have one, you know, sometimes people are better at filtering them out. (laughs) Exactly, I'm like, maybe I've gotten that, but I just have completely pushed that to the back of my mind. You're (laughs) always like, "Mm, no. (laughs) No thanks, I'm going to forget about that one. You know what, I think the bad piece of advice is, when someone tells you, oh, they just meant that a- as a joke or don't take it so seriously when you're being spoken to in a really horrible way, when you're being sexually harassed at work. Mm-hmm. A lot of women and some men go through that at work. You know, that is that is kind of a, unfortunately a part of our industry that we started talking about not too long ago. I think the worst piece of advice is to be quiet when something like that happens to you mm-hmm. I think you should be you should call people out who are being shitty yeah also call people out when you're just being like condescended to yeah which is very rampant yes oh yes so yeah in in that case in the case that I just talked about yeah. it's if something is actually very offensive to you even if they meant it as a joke I'm not saying, you know, go run to HR, but you could at least confront this person and talk to them about it. And if then they're not willing to have a discussion about it and they don't see that there's a problem, then you can, you know, obviously take more drastic measures. But I think just even having a boundary is the most important thing and just saying, hey, you know what, I don't like to be spoken to that way. Or what you just said to this, even just witnessing it happen to somebody else, what you just said to that person made them really uncomfortable. You should probably apologize. Or, you know, do you know that you made that person uncomfortable? I think there are so many people in this industry that have been working for so many years and they just don't know any better and I'm not saying that it's our responsibility to educate them but we can start calling them out so that then they can actually take a step back and say oh shit this thing that I've been saying for years did I not even consider that it was offensive to somebody like we have to have these conversations at work Mm -hmm. so the worst piece of advice is to shut up (laughs) (laughs) Advice I've never taken once in my life. (laughs) If you could change one thing about this industry, what would it be? I I don't think that this is a shock to anyone. I think the hours are a big problem. And 
how we value mental health in the workplace. I think when people are happier at home or happier in their free time, then they're gonna be a lot happier at work and they're gonna wanna work. They're gonna wanna work because they're happier outside of work. So for me, I think the hours is, is, a, big, is a big thing. The worst productions I've worked on have been productions where we're working overtime god forbid we're unpaid for that overtime you know like yeah. it's it's really dreadful and you don't forget those productions mm -hmm. they bring you closer together to certain people but that's not really the circumstance no that's, wanna, like, that's not how i want to meet people no, that's trauma bonding <laughs> yeah like that, that is like that's the in the trenches bonding which does happen and but that's like that's a survival skill yeah that's not a thrival skill <laughs> a thrival that is a great word yeah it's not a it's not a thrival skill at all no um so yeah for me it's it's the hours for sure the work-life balance work-life balance is so important for me and I know for other people it's either not there or maybe depending on what they're going through in their life they they just it's important for them to be working that long or um, that extensively throughout the year but for me I really value my work-life balance and it took me years to figure that out it's like why am I so sad <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah same I was like I feel like I just like don't see my friends a lot and I was like oh I don't <laughs> yeah period. you know it was like it's like why are my relationships strained it's like oh because I see them twice every eight months yeah like yeah yeah because the rest of the time I'm at work or I'm asleep yeah exactly so that's something that i would change for sure four day work weeks it's the goal i think it's possible <laughs> oh i think it's so possible i haven't heard a good argument against it <laughs> the only one is like but that's how we always do it and it's like that's not a good argument no that's one of the worst that's not how we progress as a society that's how we've always done it okay <laughs> yeah it's like part of the problem yeah. if not the whole problem yeah 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 people are just unimaginative like if a show came to you and said like you can do this in four days but you have to figure it out people would figure it out absolutely like it just you just would like yeah. it would just totally figure it out because that's also what we do because we are always given less time to do things mm -hmm. so one of our skills is how to figure out that like almost exact puzzle yeah yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, no, we can figure it out. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> Mostly it's just less fucking around from the higher ups. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what do you love the most about what you do? I love that when you think about an art director, you don't necessarily think of it as a creative position because you're kind of just like a problem solver and you're the person that everyone comes to when they want to cry about something and something's going wrong and you have to fix it. But there's something very creative about that. And I love standing around a table with, you know, people from different departments or standing in the middle of a half finished set when it's supposed to be finished in a week <laughs> um, and trying to figure out, okay, this didn't work out the way that we planned. How are we going to achieve that? Who's doing what? You know, who do we have to talk to to get this done? Blah, blah, blah. So to me, that's, it's just so fulfilling when everything comes together and 
it is such a team effort and I love that. Like I am obsessed with that feeling of getting something done with the help of other people and being able to stand there and look at it and say, look what we did together. I love that. I think it takes everybody, everybody from the trainee all the way up to whoever to get this job done. And I think that some, a lot of people don't feel like they're that important to the bigger picture, but they really are. And I think Mm -hmm. that celebrating that is really important. And I, and I love doing that. Like I still love the idea that we create things in our brains and then groups of people come together and then you make it a real thing that you can touch. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it feels very silly to say it like that because it feels like so elementary but it's like I never want to stop being amazed at that feeling at the base that everybody comes in yeah and like all of that coming together yeah I think it's constantly amazing and I don't want to be like eh like ever like I think it's always amazing yeah yeah Yeah. the The most boring sets are still incredible that people came together and put them together it's so true yeah it's so true I you're right I never want to stop having that feeling if I ever stop having that feeling I hope I'm retired or something (laughs) (laughs) I think it's so wrong to be I don't even I actually don't even know how to function if I wasn't amazed at what we do I don't know if I, I, I don't know how I would um, like go about my day if I wasn't super thrilled at seeing the results. (laughs) So, yeah, yeah. I feel the same way, but I don't think it's how everybody feels. I guess you can definitely tell who those people are. Uh, They make life a lot more difficult for everybody else around them. But it's, (laughs) uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not there yet. And I don't want to get there anytime soon. I want to be amazed at what we can do what we can do as a team and that's what I love about it yeah it keeps me going and sometimes it's so stressful but then it all it all works out and then you completely forget about all the stress that you just went through (laughs) yeah and then you're like oh my god what a great time we had you just forget about all the times you're just like screaming in the bathroom yeah yeah definitely a lot of bathroom stall screaming crying Deep, um, heavy breathing. Heavy breathing, looking at yourself in the mirror, <laughs> you making eye contact with yourself in the mirror, trying to convince yourself that you can do this. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's been some, like, behind a truck pep talks for sure. You're like, <laughs> yeah, it's going to be okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's great. It's great. <laughs> Only grip number six saw you. It's going to be fine. Like, <laughs> grip number six. They're really taking a hit in this conversation. <laughs> I'll cut some of it out so it won't seem like it's, you know, <laughs> that we're just focusing on They're them. not going to listen to this, Dominique, let's be real. <laughs> this is not for them. You're right. I wish it was. Yeah, you're right. It's important to know your audience. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe, I don't know, maybe the four gr- female groups in the city. Yeah. Maybe they'll find it interesting. Yeah, yeah. I think they'll be okay with it. What's some work that you've done that you're particularly proud of? In terms of like a a very small project that I've worked on, I worked on a project called Sadie's Last Days on Earth and that was the first time that I art directed. Mm -hmm. And I was working with a good friend of mine who was the production designer. And we were able to build a end of the world bunker in a shipping container and flood it. Holy shit. At the same time, 
and it was just really crazy it was so surreal we hadn't slept and figured out a way to do this and it worked and it was amazing um and I just remember feeling that feeling after we were able to flood it and then release all the water and thinking oh my god we did it with like no <laughs> money I can't believe we did this and then on the flip side of that is working on something like Umbrella Academy I can't really say what exactly we've done because it hasn't aired yet but on the flip side working on something so grand and working on sets that even people who have been working for like 30 40 years they've never done something like that and watching them be equally as amazed as I am mm -hmm. when everything's completed is like we just said it's just so amazing and it just blows my mind I think another thing that I'm also proud of when I finish every show is I kind of gauge I kind of gauge the success of the show on how happy my department is you know mm -hmm. did people feel like they got enough opportunities to grow did they learn new skills um, did they improve the skills that they already have did they make connections you know I'm not saying that we have to walk away with friends when we're finished a production but I think you can walk away with respect towards the people that you've worked with and I think that if you can accomplish that within your department then that's an amazing thing that itself and is a is an accomplishment because a lot of times we work on things that we don't want to watch you know like it's mm -hmm. kind of funny to think about it that way but there are a lot of projects that we work on that we don't really care about once they're finished so the takeaway for me from those productions is did I have a good time with my crew do do they respect me do I respect them Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that too, because I always find that the interesting duality or one of the interesting dualities of the industry because there's so much focus obviously on the output of what we do, which yeah. of course is is there. Uh but there is that other piece where it's like mm -hmm. like this is our community. Yeah. And everything that happens in the community affects other people in the community. That's why the strikes affected us. Like exactly. all those kinds of things. And that really has nothing to do with what the output is because for me the focus of this is the people who are working in production like all of us regular schlubs mm -hmm. that just like we do this as our work you know not just like I don't know we're not celebrities doing it you know we're just we're just all the worker bees and yeah the, how you build your community is so so important and the health of that community which really is yeah separate to how good you do this other job of of what you're output is of what your skill set is yeah I maybe ranted <laughs> no no no. that's it. everything that you said is exactly exactly what I feel like that's that's it is so important to build a community build bridges we're not in the business of of burning bridges okay <laughs> that's that's only reserved for really terrible people I'm okay with burning some bridges if I really just I think that person is just really terrible and doesn't uplift other people around them but um yeah I think I think I am happiest when I walk away from a project knowing that people got something out of it that was really positive and they're proud of their work and our work together mm -hmm. what does leadership mean to you leadership is is being able to recognize people's strengths and play up those strengths and give them opportunities for them to kind of flex that 
But at the same time, also know that if somebody wants to go a different direction, if they want to improve something that they're not very good at, to also give them opportunities to do that. Um, I think also being a good leader means that you're not, I know that, you know, we're supposed to separate work from play a lot of the times, but I think it's also important to recognize if somebody in your team is going through something personal, if they're struggling for whatever reason, if their heart's not in something, it's really important to be able to sit with that person and ask them questions and allow, and, and actually listen to what their needs are rather than just telling them, you know, you're not performing. We're humans. Mm-hmm. Like we have feelings, we have we have aspirations. Maybe what we're doing right now is not aligning with what we hope to do and so you can kind of get stuck in a rut and it's really important to talk to people and say is this actually what you want to do do you feel like you're not being supported in the way that you want to be supported is there something else that you want to be doing I think it's important to have those conversations as a leader as well it's not just about you know having a team meeting at the top of the day that's to me that's not you know, that doesn't encompass what it means to be mm-hmm. a leader. I think it, it goes a bit deeper than that. And sometimes it's hard. Sometimes it's really hard to have those difficult conversations, but it, it, they need to be had. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've been in that position before. That's why I'm bringing that up. I've been in that position before where, you know, I was a set designer and my heart wasn't in it anymore. I literally would sit at my desk and feel guilty for taking a job from someone who was more passionate about it than I was. I just, mm-hmm. I felt like I was a good set designer up until I got to a certain point where my heart wasn't in it anymore. And I wish that I could give that to somebody else. And I felt guilty that I was taking somebody's spot and ended up working on something where, you know, maybe I was falling behind a little bit just that one slip up where I felt like I was falling behind or I wasn't performing as as well as I could have for like a day. And instead of being treated with, you know, kindness and sensitivity, my vulnerability was kind of thrown back at me as if I had done something wrong. And I think that if I had been spoken to with a bit more respect I wouldn't have ended up crying in my office afterwards it should have taken a different turn and it didn't and I always think about that time because I think that I never want to put somebody in that position the way that somebody put me in that position I want to be able to support someone if they're going through a difficult time Mm -hmm. somebody asked me recently about that about learning to be a good leader and I just thought it's all of the bad experiences that you've ever had and just deciding to not do the thing that they did. Like to actively just not do that, try to not make the choices that leads you to being the person that says that or Mm -hmm. does that and yeah. Yeah. And they can just be, and they're not all like the most horrendous things. And sometimes it's just really terrible ways of just like dealing with other people. It could be, you know, like, yeah, it could be the smallest situation, you know, that one sentence that was said to you that just completely destroys you. And you can, when you have, when you're in that situation, you could go in either direction. You can go in a direction where you want to make changes so that you never put somebody else in that position. Or there are some people 
that go the complete opposite direction and they say, well, because I, I went through that and it's kind of a rite of passage. I think everybody needs to, you know, go through something like that because it's going to shape them to be a better whatever. And I just do not agree with that whatsoever. I think we have to have compassion when we're leading people. Yeah. And, you know, and I think that I kind of believed that a little bit when I started out, like not that, not that everybody has to be yelled at, but there was, there is a little bit of that. I mean, it's so prevalent, right? A little bit of like the militaristic stuff, a little bit of, totally. you know, punishment or getting people in line, like that kind of thing. And it was like the only way, it was also the way that I had come up. So it was like, oh yeah, maybe some people can learn out different ways, but maybe like some people kind of need it, you know? And it took me a while to be like, oh no, like no one needs it. I just like, I misunderstood the the whole thing. And like, that never needs to happen to anybody. And of course, it never made anybody better. You know, which no. I also like, of course, didn't like you didn't see it when you first start because you don't see people's growth that quickly. Exactly. You know? Like, so yeah. then it, it took years later being like, oh, no, 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 no. That's why those people like aren't in the industry anymore. Or yeah, or they grew up to then be first ADs who also yell or all that kind of stuff and it's like ah oh, for fuck's sake yeah so I can just like I can understand how it it's a bit of a journey or it can be you know Absolutely. because it's like that's not the way it's not the way like schools are run or anything you know to be like hey let's chat about this yeah you know but it's such a such an easy change also we spend so much time together at work I don't know I don't know how I would run a department if I was just, you know, so hard on everybody and yeah, just being like <laughs> rude. I just don't, I don't, I don't get why anybody would want to work for me if I was a bitch. Yeah. I, I think there's a difference between being like confident and uh, being assertive and then being like a completely rude, like asshole. And so I think that there's a difference between those things. And I, I don't think that you need to be a total bitch to get what you want or to get people to work in the way that you want them to. Yeah. Also, God, how boring. Sometimes I just feel like it's so dull. Like, I don't know, to just like be in a bad mood all day. Like, so dull. Like, it's just like, oh, God. That's miserable. How do you do that for eight months? Yeah. Like. And then for another 30 years. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's actually, like, I don't know if I could handle that. Like, it's too tiring. And I've been very tired in my life. <laughs> but that's, like, that's that's on a whole different level. Yeah. Yeah. That's not three hours of sleep tiring. That's, like, I don't know. Yeah. It's, like, that takes that takes effort that I don't have. Which is not to say that I could not hold grudges, because I can't. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, I try not to have it be my general output. Yes. <laughs> Just those few people. <laughs> I'm sure they know who they are. Did you have mentors when you were coming up? Yes. I wouldn't say that I contacted them constantly to ask them questions or whatnot, but in my eyes, they were my mentors because I spent enough time with them observing, learning. They allowed me to... They allowed me to fuck up, and I wasn't penalized for it because I was learning, and... I yeah so yeah I had mentors and I'm happy to say that I'm I'm still working with those mentors now that's and great we're on equal you know 
we have equal positions and I mentioned that all the time that I was given opportunities because of them and I'm so grateful for those opportunities. I think it is important to have a mentor. Mm -hmm. At least one person. Like I said, it's not somebody that you're necessarily just shadowing all the time. It doesn't have to be that. It can just be someone that you trust, someone who you can be vulnerable with on in a professional setting and someone who you admire you're just like wow this person's really freaking cool and they're doing cool things and they're doing it in a very respectable way and that to me can be somebody who's your mentor it's just somebody who you admire for many reasons Mm -hmm. I like that I like the idea of opening up like the definition I guess of mentorship because I think it's really really important but I think that Often when we think of it, we think of mentorship programs or things like that where you like contact someone for a year or or whatever and which all have their place. Like I'm not saying those are bad things, but I just think there's so many opportunities to do it all of the time, you know, like to just be trying to do it as much as you can for other people and like creating those opportunities so that it, so those other opportunities exist, Mm -hmm. you know, that you don't necessarily have to do that if that's not for you, you know, you can just find people who might be like, yeah, I'll talk to you about that thing. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Which makes such a difference. Yeah, it really does. When they take the time to explain something to you that you've asked about or to show you something that you didn't ask about and now all of a sudden you know about it. I think also some really, really incredible moments in my professional career have been when those very mentors threw me into the deep end because they knew that I could do it. Not Mm -hmm. because they were trying to see me fail, but because they knew that I was ready to level up. And that's also like an incredible experience to have with somebody who you look up to. Mm -hmm. Who inspires you? Um, My family inspires me. They don't know very much about what I do. It's kind of like hard to explain to somebody, you know, what is art directing or what is working in film? People don't really grasp exactly what it is until they've been on set and understand what the hell's going on. Um, but they do inspire me and they support me and they encourage me all the time. So they, so they obviously, they keep me going. But also, you know, being on this podcast, women inspire me. Women inspire me to keep going because... They're just amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Women are awesome. They do so many things. They wear so many hats and they're, they're just amazing. So women inspire me, I think. Yeah. Well, that's one of the reasons I started this. I kept reading about all these cool women and I was like, how do I build something where I get to go and interview them and be like, you do really cool stuff. Mm -hmm. Can you tell me about it? This is secretly how I get everybody to mentor me. I just <laughs> I just go to interview them yeah. and I actually just ask them all the questions that I want to know the answers for. Yeah. And then I'm like, thank you so much. This may also be useful for other people, but yeah. I really appreciate it. If nobody else listens, then it's, that's it's fine. really true, actually, because these are great questions and you would ask these questions to a mentor. The other thing that I just thought about also is I, I always think about this moment that I had in high school. I had this um, arch nemesis. <laughs> I have a 
high school who like I didn't think she was but she made me feel like I was hers so I was like okay girl whatever like I don't really care what you got on your test but I'll tell you what I got on mine since you care so much but um I remember when we were graduating high school she asked me what I was planning to do with my future and at the time because I was going to TMU I said I'm go I'm going into a, an interior design program and she said oh yeah I thought about doing that but then I thought I want to make a difference in this world so I'm going to do something else <laughs> right now it's like so laughable to, to think of that it's like the most unhinged response ever <laughs> So I think about that all the time because I think, you know, I didn't end up in interior design, but I ended up in a creative field and we're in a field that tells stories and storytelling is so important. We're not saving people's lives, but we're keeping memory alive. And that mm -hmm. is so important for our society to keep our culture alive, to keep the memory of people alive like it is it's arguably just as important as other as other fields mm -hmm. why do you think it's important to be having these conversations or do you think it's important <laughs> oh my gosh i of course i think it's important to talk about these to have these conversations and talk to other women about it because we've all had different experiences but we've also had very similar experiences and sometimes you feel really, really lonely in your experiences and you have to talk to other people to realize that you're actually not alone. You are going to make it. You're going to make it through. <laughs> and there's something bigger to look forward to than these like shitty experiences that from people who like try to bring you down. Like that's not your destiny. Your destiny is not to have one shitty experience and to have that shitty experience affect you for the rest of your career. Mm -hmm. You have other things to look forward to and I think that you are not gonna know that unless you talk to people around you who you can actually relate to. I don't know, what's the point of living if we're not connecting with each other? <laughs> Honestly. That's how I feel every day. What do you hope or wish for the next generation of women in film? I wish for them to never feel small. I know it's cliche, but to be confident in your work. Chances are, is if you find yourself in a position and you feel like you don't belong there, you probably do belong there. Mm -hmm. You probably have the credentials to be in that position and you're going to figure it out. And I think the other thing that kind of bothers me a bit that I wish would just go away is competition. I think there's healthy competition, but I think also a lot of the times we are, you know, comparing ourselves to others and we're, you know, keeping secrets about upcoming projects because we want it for ourselves. We don't want it for other people. And I don't like that. And I hope that we can get to a point where we realize that there aren't just eight pieces of the pie. The pie is infinite. Mm -hmm. And the more we can relish in the joy and success of other people, the more delicious that pie is. And everyone's going to have their moment and everyone's going to have their own process to get to where they want to get to. And I think 
that we have to support each other. So I, I wish that for the future, the future of women in this industry. I want them to feel confident and I want them to be able to lean on each other. I want that too. <laughs> I want that too. <laughs> the pie is really tasty. <laughs> And you know what? I had some really good pie lately, so <laughs> I I'm really really savoring yeah. the metaphor. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's really hitting home for for my taste buds. <laughs> uh, okay, that's it. Yay! We did it! Yay! Thank you. Thank you so much for coming and chatting. No problem. Thank you for having me. Of course. Only the best, most interesting people that I know. <laughs>